As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's successful real estate professional as they share it with you. Let's go. A quick word from our sponsor, The Door Devil. Homeowners spend hundreds on alarm systems each year, but rarely reinforce the weakest point on the home, the doors. Bad guys know this, and that's why kick-ins are so common. Simply adding door devils virtually eliminates the home security gap. Sleep better tonight. Reinforce your doors. Visit doordevil.com and enter best ever to get an exclusive 20% discount on your purchase. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and I'm here with today's guest, Ed Cox. Hi, Ed. Hey, how are you? Doing well. Ed is a a real estate attorney. He is the founder of Ed Cox Law, appropriately named. He has over 19 years' experience working in commercial and residential construction transactions, real estate litigation and transactions last year and this year he was voted by his peers as what's called a super lawyer in real estate and construction and ed while let you tell a little bit more about what exactly a super lawyer is it sounds like you need a cape (laughs) (laughs) ed received a mardale hubble av rating and i hope i didn't butcher that ed you can let me know if i did which signifies the highest ethical and practice standards uh, voted by his peers, so attorneys and judges. Uh, And I've personally worked with Ed on real estate transactions. And on another personal note, my mom used to be a paralegal in his office. Um, So I am so, so grateful to have a conversation with Ed. And I know the best ever listeners, you all are going to love hearing what he has to say about his best ever real estate investing advice based on his experience as a practicing lawyer. So with that being said, Ed, can you tell us a little bit more about your background? Sure. And I've just got to say before that, that I absolutely love and miss your mother and think the world of you and what you're doing, and I really appreciate you having me on the show. Oh, I, uh, I was born in upstate New York, and I've been in Texas since I was five years old, so I'm really a man without a home. But 
I grew up and began working as a laborer in the construction industry when I was in eighth grade. And I worked with my twin brother, and we worked with two others doing odd jobs. And then we began a couple years after that framing houses. And I really, really enjoyed building houses and did that uh, through high school. And then I decided that, uh, as crazy as this sounds, that I was going to uh, try to play piano professionally. And so I went to Berklee College of Music in Boston and realized after a year there that I was not going to make a living as a piano player. And so I returned to Texas and got my degree in political science from the University of North Texas. While I was there, I had put myself through school by serving citations and subpoenas for several law firms in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and I came to know a bunch of lawyers, and it really got me intrigued about the practice of law and the possibility of having that as a career. So I decided to apply to law school. I went to South Texas College of Law down in Houston and graduated in 1995. I worked in Houston until 2000, and I came up to the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex in 2000 with my wife, and we settled in this area, and I came to work for a lawyer that did primarily construction law and developed experience under him and then went out and formed a law firm with a couple of other guys. And then five years ago, I decided to go in on my my own and start my own law firm and started that firm and have continued to devote a substantial amount of my time to real estate and construction matters, uh, both commercial and residential. And I also handle uh, business litigation and other related matters for our clients. So that is where I'm at right now. And in addition to my law practice, I've also been a licensed escrow officer and have what is called a fee office for Chicago titles. So we close residential and commercial transactions through my law firm. What's the typical case that you handle from a from a real estate standpoint? I would say that there is no typical case. Uh, we do a lot of contract preparation, negotiation, and so I would say we do as much of that as anything else. I will represent contractors. I represent subcontractors or suppliers negotiating subcontracts and the like. I will represent developers and work with them through the process of getting entitlements and addressing zoning issues. And I will litigate partnership disputes over real estate transactions. Uh, We pursue eviction claims for owners of property who have own property and leased or have acquired property at a foreclosure sale and have somebody occupying the property. And so it really runs the gamut of uh, – and, and then with respect to construction litigation, we'll handle those claims in the context of recovering money that our clients are owed, uh, pursuing monies for change orders that were not approved. I 
recently have addressed a couple of uh, foundation defect cases for homeowners against builders. And so we do a wide range of things involved in the real estate and construction industry. Wow. Yes, you do. (laughs) And based on that wide range of things in the real estate and construction industry, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? It's very simple, I think, applies to a whole lot of different things, but it is choose wisely. And the reason I say choose wisely is that I see so many people getting into partnerships, getting into transactions, undertaking business endeavors without really consulting with people who have experience in or digging in and really seeking to fully understand what it is they're getting into and appreciating not only the benefits of the proposed transactions, but also the risks that they are undertaking. And a couple of examples I can give you are um, I have a lot of people that come into my office Oftentimes, people who claim to be best friends for years and years, and they say they want to go into business together and they want to be 50-50 partners. And I explain to them that if issues arise and there develops a disagreement, that they could be in a deadlock situation and really not have a viable way to resolve that dispute. And uh, I have had several occasions where best friends have turned against each other through business endeavors and have really wound up with problems that they never anticipated on their hands. Another example is I had a client recently who chose to buy a house at the courthouse steps that was foreclosed upon, and he had driven by the house before he bought it, but he didn't ever make an effort to ascertain whether or not it was occupied. Well, it was. And so after he bought the house, it took him 10 months to get uh, the property in his possession and out of the hands of the person that was occupying it. And the problem for him and the great news for my law firm was that the person occupying the house hired a lawyer who filed three separate lawsuits against my client in three different courts. And while it was really great work and raised some novel and unique issues for us dealing with evictions, it was an awful time-consuming and expensive endeavor for my client, and we ultimately prevailed. But needless to say, the expenditure of a large sum of money with me was not a part of the investment game plan when he went down to the courthouse steps. So those are two examples of how I really think people need to think long and hard about what they're going to undertake and really try to assess and plan as best they can for potential issues that might arise. On the 50-50 partner example, if two individuals want to go in as partners, how would you recommend they structure their partnership? Because if they do want to both be equal partners because they're in it together, but 
you want to avoid you know, no viable way of resolving a dispute. Are there creative ways to do that, or do you simply just have to do 5149? You don't have to do 5149. What I often suggest to people who want to be equal partners is that they talk amongst themselves about third parties who have no vested interest in their venture that they would respect and believe that they could both turn to for an unbiased decision in the event of a dispute. And in addition to trying to select that third person. I also think it's really important in the bylaws for a corporation or the company agreement or articles of organization, depending on where you are in the country, that you really try to hammer out some very specific dispute resolution procedures so that if a problem arises, you can turn to your agreement and say, this is the process that we are going to undertake to try and resolve this dispute without having our partnership fall apart. And I find that when we are able to put those mechanisms in place and potentially designate an independent third party that they agree to rely upon to make that decision in the event they can't resolve it themselves, that that works very effectively. Does that third party partner have equity ownership in the business? No, and it's really important to have a third party that has no interest whatsoever in the business venture so that they have no interest in the venture itself and can hopefully look at the dispute impartially and whatever business they are undertaking, hopefully it's somebody who has some knowledge and experience of their industry and and their venture and can provide them with some sound advice, guidance, and decision if necessary on what their dispute involves. So they just write something in their bylaws that says if there's a dispute, then we go to this person and that person will have the final say on what direction we go? Yes, and you can do it in a um, step-by-step approach where you would agree to submit your respective positions to each other in writing. Then if that is unsuccessful, maybe you go to a um, mediator. Maybe then you turn to a third-party decision maker, and if you don't like that decision, well, maybe you agree to arbitrate your dispute rather than litigate it. So it can take a number of forms, and I really think that people just need to understand that Um, Even with the best of friends, when you get in business, um, even if it's not business, uh, disagreements and disputes can arise, and it doesn't mean that anybody's necessarily right or wrong. It just means that you all are going to inevitably have differences of opinions, and you really ought to seek to address that possibility up front. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. Best ever book you've read? Uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Best ever personal growth experience and what you've learned from it. I have had a personal coach 
for several years and have come to know myself, what my gifts and talents are, and have much greater affirmation about who I am and what I'm doing through the process of working with a coach regularly. Best ever success habit you practice? Getting up early, meditating, and praying. What time do you wake up? Five o'clock. And when do you usually go to bed? At 10 o'clock. Best ever deal or client experience that you've had? My best experiences are closing residential transactions where we have first-time home buyers who are acquiring their very first home and getting to go through the documents and explain them to them and help them really appreciate what they have decided to do and congratulate them and wish them well and hope that they really enjoy their new house. That's one of the uh, greatest things that we get to do. And obviously with our business clients, there are a lot of transactions that we work really hard to consummate for them. And we've had a lot of people with a lot of tremendous success in many respects. And it's just really, really exciting for us to work every day as a partner with our clients and help them achieve their dreams. Best ever quote? I would say that right now I'm looking at a button on my desk, and it is every day I'm hustling. And my wife gave me that button and a throw pillow that's in a chair in my office that says the same thing, and it keeps me working hard every day. I know there's an Abraham Lincoln quote that says, things may come to those who wait, but only by only the things left by those who hustle. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, and I really think um, getting up and being intentional about what we do every day and hustling is a big part of how we achieve success. Is there anything else that you'd like to add that we didn't talk about? No, I just really appreciate the opportunity to spend time with you. I'm just the world of you. I love what you're doing, and I love who you are, and I have so enjoyed working with you and getting to know you over the years. And no, you did not fall from the tree with your mother, who's a great person too, and so I just thank you for having me on. Oh, thank you so much, Ed. That, that means the world to me. I appreciate that. Uh, what what's the best ever place for the best ever listeners to reach you? The best way to reach me is at our main office number, which is 817-860-9200, or they can send me an email at ed at edcoxlaw.com. And that is spelled E-D at E-D-C-O-X-L-A-W dot com. And then you can check out uh, Ed's website at the same edcoxlaw.com. Right. Great. Well, thank you so much, Ed. It's just you know great speaking with you, and I know the best ever listeners got a lot out of this. I, I love the stories behind the choose wisely advice especially with the 50 50 partners and how to have a third party involved 
in the bylaws uh, written in that way litigation can be avoided and um, you know we always want to think that everything's going to work out right and hopefully it does but if it doesn't it's it's nice to have some some things in place uh, so that things don't go completely haywire um, and there's some logical steps that can, can be taken so that it makes things a lot easier on everybody involved in that process. Well, thanks a lot for having me. I always enjoy spending time and talking to you, and it's been a great time talking to you today. Okay. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye-bye. Hey you, best ever listener, do you want more? Then head to JoeFairless.com, where there are tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And if you want Joe to personally help you reach your goals, then go to the Work With Joe tab on JoeFairless.com and apply to, well, Work With Joe.